All right. <clears throat> Turn in your Bibles, if you would, tonight to the book of John. The book of John, chapter number five. This is a chapter we had looked at in Sunday school. Well, it would be several months ago now at this point. But um, this is going to be our springboard for tonight's lesson. But um, just as a recap of what we've been doing the last couple of weeks, we've been going through this Salvation Bible Basics book that is designed for a four-week Bible study on salvation and just goes from the basics of the Bible and brings people from showing what the law is, what, how we can't keep the law, and then what God's solution was to that. Um, and tonight we'll be looking at lesson number three, at the end of lesson number three. But um, just do a little bit of review until that point. Uh, lesson number two mainly dealt with there's, there's two groups of people in this world. Those who have a relationship with God and those who do not. And we looked at the comparisons, seven different comparisons that the Bible clearly states of those who are on, who don't have a relationship with God and those who do. And then we looked at some of man's attempts, and then we looked at what God said. And basically, I mean, the Bible tells us we can't keep the law. The law is there to show us that we have a problem. And then uh, beginning of lesson three that we looked at three weeks ago now, um, we saw what God's way is of getting from that side of not having relationship with God to having a relationship with God. And that's the power of the gospel or as uh, that word dunamis, the dynamite of getting from that side of not having a relationship with God to a relationship with God is the gospel. We looked at what the Bible tell, what the Bible says, what the gospel is. It's the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And the gospel is by faith. The gospel is not by baptism. Then we looked at um, pictures of the gospel throughout the Old Testament. Uh, we looked at how Adam and Eve were clothed with skins from shedding a blood of an animal. We looked at Abraham and Isaac, Passover, and the Day of, uh, Day of Atonement. And then um, we looked at some examples in the New Testament of how Jesus was recognized by John the Baptist as the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. We looked at several passages in Hebrews um, proving uh, Paul's argument of how Jesus fulfilled the law and how the law was a picture of Christ. So now tonight, we're going to continue or finish up or going the end, uh, rest of lesson three, and we're going to see um, how Jesus was proven to be qualified uh, to be that sacrifice that the Old Testament pointed to um, throughout all of history. And then we're going to see how Christ died as our substitute. Um, so we're going to start in John chapter 5. And um, 
And as Pastor was saying, we need to go out there and try things. What I've, what the goal is with this Bible study, it's another tool that we can use to tell others about Christ. If they have a further interest and we need have more time with them, this is designed to be able to go through in about an hour for four weeks in a row. But as I alluded to before, this Bible study is written by another pastor, and the wording of the lessons are his words. But if you're really going to use this, you're going to have to dig into the scriptures yourself. There are plenty of scriptures throughout this study. It has an outline you can go through. Um, you've got to have your own examples and things like that. Um, but, I mean, I'll be honest, I don't have this lesson, these lessons mastered. I've done it a couple times with people, but the more you do it, the better you get at it. So, um, this is just another tool we can use, and we have some books in the library um, if you want to take one home and have it as a resource to do a study with someone else. So that said, let's get into um, point number nine, how Jesus is proven to be qualified. And in John chapter five, uh, it starts out with uh, the healing at the pool of Bethesda, uh, the lame man there. And then as you go through uh, that passage, you see the Jews are upset that Jesus healed this man on the Sabbath, and Tim went into this passage in more depth when we went through this in Sunday school. But then you get to um, verse 28, and then through 39, I'm going to read these verses. We're going to see five proofs that Jesus gives of him being the Messiah. And we're going to look at these, these points in detail um, here tonight. <clears throat> but let me read these verses. Verse 28 says, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming, in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice, and shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. I can of my own self do nothing as... Do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. And this is Jesus speaking here. And then he says in verse 31, If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. So Jesus is giving himself as a proof, but according to the Jewish law, you have to have two or three witnesses. So Jesus couldn't just be the only one proving that he was the Messiah. So that's why he's saying here, verse 31, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true because it's just one person. But then 32, he says, there is another that beareth witness of me, and I know that the witness which he witnesses of me is true. This is talking about John the Baptist. Verse 33, he sent unto John, and he bare witness unto the truth. But I receive not testimony from man, but these things I say that ye might be saved. He was a burning and shining light, and ye were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. Then verse 36, But I have a greater witness than that of John. This is number three. For the works which the Father has given me to do, the same works that I do, bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. 
and the Father himself, which hath sent me, hath borne witness of me. Ye have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. And ye have not his word abiding in you, for whom he hath sent him ye believe not. So, in this passage, it's Jesus bears witness of himself, John the Baptist bore witness of himself, and actually the works that Jesus did bore witness of him, and then the Father bore witness of him as well. And then here in verse 39 is the fifth proof, sorts the scriptures, and again, he is talking to the Jews, the Pharisees, the men who know the law, or at least say they know the law, and he's telling them, search the scriptures, for in them you think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. So, Jesus is showing in these verses that he is qualified through, first, his witness, John's witness, the works that Jesus did, the miracles, the witness of the Father, and what the scripture says. Um, and some of those witnesses in the scriptures are prophecies. And the, as I've mentioned in the past, some of this um, Bible study goes into a lot of the apologetics that we looked at a couple months ago. Well, actually, probably more like a year ago now. And we're going to look at a couple of these prophecies. Um, one of those prophecies that the scripture bear witness that Jesus is who he says he is, is Micah 5.2, which says that the Messiah was going to be born in Bethlehem, Ephrata. And Jesus fulfilled that. I mean, I did not, I had no way of manipulating that my mom was going to go in labor with me in Allentown, Pennsylvania, and that's where I was born 32 years ago and four days. Um, I had no control of that. Well, Jesus was able to make sure he was born in Bethlehem, Ephrata. Um, there have been many other people throughout this world, throughout time, who've claimed to be Jesus. And, well, were they born in Bethlehem, Ephrata? Nope. Well, they're not the true Messiah. And then another, Isaiah 7.14, says that the Messiah would be born of a virgin. And, of course, some uh, newer translations say he was born of a young woman. Well, that completely takes away what the Bible actually says. Jesus was going to be born of a woman who had not had a relationship with a man, a physical relationship with a man, uh, before this. And the Bible clearly tells us that Mary did not have a physical relationship with Joseph until after Jesus was born. So, Jesus showed, through the scriptures show that Jesus was the Messiah because he was born in Bethlehem Ephrata, which was prophesied in Micah 5.2. Jesus was born of a virgin, Isaiah 7.14. And then um, other prophecies that Jesus fulfilled was being uh, prophecies about his death. Um, he was in Isaiah 53, 7. Well, let's, let's just go there. Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. We'll look at three specific verses. Isaiah 53, verse 7. 
verse 7, um, it says, He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he openeth not, not his mouth. Um, if you read the accounts of the crucifixion and of his trials, Jesus didn't say anything. He didn't try to defend himself. I don't know about you, but if I was in being accused like he was, falsely accused, and like, the, you just read the stories of there's conflicting reports of people lying about Jesus. It was an illegal trial. So many things. Jesus could have defended himself because he was there illegally, but he didn't. He kept his mouth shut. He did that for you and for me. That was prophesied hundreds of years beforehand. And then Isaiah 53.9, um, look at that one, and, and it says, And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Um, his death, first of all, with the wicked, he was hung between two thieves, two men who had committed crimes worthy of death, and then it also says, and with the rich in his death, it, he was buried in Joseph's tomb in the rich section of the cemetery, so to say. And thankfully, he only needed it for three days. But Joseph was a rich man. It was a nice tomb. And he, was, for, he died among thieves, and he was buried with the rich because... Um, Joseph was a wealthy man and gave up his tomb for him. And then verse number 12 of Isaiah 53, Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he has poured out his soul into death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. What, what did Jesus do uh, right before he died? He asked the Father to forgive them. He made intercession for the transgressors. He bare the sin of many. He bore the sin of all of us. And again, this is prophesied hundreds, if not thousands of years before Jesus died. And he fulfilled these prophecies to the T. Those, so those are some of the prophecies that Jesus fulfilled. Things that he could not have manipulated as a man, being born in Bethlehem, being born of a virgin, uh, only God could have fulfilled those things. Prophecies about his death. Um, there are things that happened to Jesus that he could not have controlled, except he was God. And then we want to look at how Christ died as our substitute. So Jesus was proven to be qualified, and he also died as our substitute. Turn to Second um, Corinthians five, twenty-one. Second Corinthians five, twenty-one. And with this study, we're just building to that point. We started out with how God sees us, how God sees man. We're just going through the scriptures, going through the Bible, and seeing what God says. Um, showing us our sin, showing us what the how he fulfilled prophecy, or how he was going to give his son as a sacrifice through, for us that was, that's been shown throughout the Old Testament. And we're looking at what Jesus did. 
And then, um, well, next week we'll get into, um, well, I'll get to that when we get to it. Uh, but let's, let's go into Second uh, Corinthians 5.21, which says, For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. God the Father made Jesus to become sin. The sinless, perfect Son of God became sin. And it's really a mind-boggling thing to think about. God becoming sin for us. And it's, it's something we, we couldn't do. We could only pay for our sin, and that would be eternity in hell. Um, but God, Jesus, exchanged our sin. He took it upon himself so we could become righteous. It, it's, it's really a mind-boggling thought, but that's, that's what the Bible says that he did for us. And if you look at, uh, turn to Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, that would be right in your Bible a couple of pages. Galatians 3, 13. It says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on the tree. Jesus not only became sin for us, he became cursed for us. And again, if you really think about that, God becoming cursed for us. Like, he didn't have to. He willingly laid his life down so we could be bought back. We could be reconciled or um, as the word we've used before, redeemed, or what this verse says, Christ hath redeemed. It's that um, word redeemed to be to buy back. Um, gives an example of like a slave market and buying a slave off the auction block. You would buy him. You could buy him to set him free. Jesus bought our redemption through his blood so we could be set free. And then let's uh, go to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, <clears throat> verse, verse 8 through 11. Romans 5, verse 8 through 11, which says, But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. And there's a lot in those four verses, uh, a lot of really good words, things that uh, you could probably preach a whole series of sermons on just those four verses, but uh, just go look at a couple more paragraphs here. But um, 
that one word that first comes, that third word in verse 8, commendeth. Um, it's a big word, and I dare say people use that word in regular conversation today. But it simply means showing that God showed his love. God showed his love to us by sending Christ to die in our place to be our substitute. And as we looked at um, a couple weeks ago when we were looking at that comparison list, those without a relationship with God, they're not only under the condemnation of God, but they're under the wrath of God. But they don't have to be. God showed his love through Christ, and you can get out from under the condemnation of God through Christ, because God provided that way. And through Christ, we can be reconciled. We can get from that no relationship side to having a relationship with God. And i um, just going to skip a couple of the paragraphs here, but really the conclusion of this third lesson is that Christ is the way. God gave his son. Jesus gave himself as our sacrifice. Jesus is our substitute. Jesus is the lamb that was sacrificed. We looked at, again, those examples in the Old Testament of the lamb being a picture, but Christ was the perfect lamb. And Naturally, we're sinners. We don't have a relationship with God. But to get to that side of having a relationship with God, God made a way. Um, and one thing we haven't looked at, I haven't shown you, but you can draw this out as sort of like a outline. And um, this is to the end of the third lesson. But as you will see here at the end of the fourth lesson that turns into the cross, this is Jesus bringing us from no relationship to the relationship with God. And that's, that's the only way. Men try their own things. They try to be good. Um, they try to help others. And those are good things. But... God has made a way, and it's Christ. And next week, we are going to look at the steps, or the two ingredients of salvation, of getting from that one point of not having a relationship with God to having a relationship with God. We're going to look at what the Bible says about repentance, what the Bible says about faith, um, turning from our own way and putting our trust only in Christ. And that is the way of getting from not having a relationship with God to having a relationship with God. So we're going to look at, uh, most likely next week, we'll get through um, the repentance side, and then um, next, the following week we will finish up with faith and um, wrap up this lesson. All right, so that is the lesson for tonight.